my shirt, Gene? You want to touch it? That's enough. Hey, real good impression there, you prick. What about the rest of you pissants? Anybody else want to do impressions? Hey, old man, why don't you shut up? What are you calling him? Hey, blow it out your asshole hair. <laughs> I got guys that can take out your kneecap. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I love it so very much. And you'll miss it. I, I'll miss it so much. But welcome, everyone, to the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast. It's me. Kenny Oak, and flanking me, as always, is the one and only Chris Harris, at Crispy Quick on Twitter, if you wanted to follow him. Uh, <clears throat> we are here talking about, wow, what a, what, a big, what a big morning this was. I'm tired. Um, I bet you are. I did. I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, but if you were living under a rock... Or if you're not a fan of pro wrestling, this morning from the land of the rising sun, which there was not a lot of rising sun going on over here in the West, it was Wrestle Kingdom 13. And Chris, I was not ballsy enough because I had to be up and working at 6.30 in the morning to stay up and watch this show. But you did. Am I, I right? Was. I did, and I went to work. I was late. I got there at eight thirty, but that's okay, because it's a uh, it's it's winter, you know, whatever. But winter uh, in Arizona, what's that like? Uh, we got snow one time, and now it's sixty degrees in the afternoon, so we're back to normal. <laughs> so there's that. But yeah, I did it, Bubs. I watched the show just like I did last year. That's two years in a row for me. For the first time ever, last year watching it for number twelve, and did thirteen this year, and. Really enjoyed it. It really was worth it to stay up and watch, even though I was not in a good mood today. I'll do it again next year. I could tell. Yeah. But but what a show it was. As usual, New Japan Pro Wrestling comes through with a high-quality professional wrestling show that got everybody in the wrestling world talking and put on, as, as usual, at the beginning of the year, it's laying its claim to being the best show of the year, am I right? Absolutely. It, it's going to be hard to beat, but but then again, I think I said that about last year's, and then Dominion was really good, and the G1s are always good, so we can say it's going to take off this year and be the best show for them for the year of 19, but Bubs, it's hard to say, and I wouldn't count out anything. Well, there's a lot to get into, and we are going to get into all of that, but first, as our opening audio alluded to i want to get into a little bit of talk about the sad news that we got this week which was the passing of the greatest interviewer backstage interviewer in-ring interviewer just one of the greatest personalities in wrestling history and that is the great mean gene okerlund bubs we lost the legend and legend we throw around that term a lot yeah. But very few people can live up to the term legend quite like Mean Gene can. For his craft, he's very unique. He's really, as far as like pure interviewers, because that's really all he did. I mean, he was on commentary a handful of times, but it was really only for certain segments and angles. He was the guy in the ring with the microphone or backstage with a microphone, really developing the storylines, especially when we're talking about the Hogan era. 
that's really where he was doing a lot of his best work. And of course, he made his way to WCW a time or two, but really the best at that. There's no one you can even compare, I think, to that specific thing for pro wrestling. And there's been a a plethora of interviewers and backstage interviewers, and WWE trots out someone new, it seems, weekly that they try to catch a hold of, but no one's really found that same spark, that same magic that uh, Mean Gene had, you know, back when he was in the... It goes all the way back to the AWA days. He does. Um, he's just been someone that he's been a steady hand he's quick on his feet uh he, he's he's smart he's funny he's witty yeah he's yeah, got everything so he he was the complete package he's and he is and he wasn't afraid to he wasn't afraid to kind of make fun of himself there there was a great i remember a great segment i of course, I didn't, it was before my time, but going back and watching it, where he was training with Hulk Hogan. I loved it. Uh, that was pretty good. Eating raw eggs and stuff. Yeah. In the glass. <laughs> yeah. But he he was the consummate professional, a true legend, and he absolutely will be missed. But you know, he did pass away without any nonsense. You know, it was of natural causes. So. At the age of 76, thank God he's already been honored in the Hall of Fame and absolutely and, and done all that. So that's that's a positive, but uh, certainly missed. And they're going to honor him this week, obviously, in the WWE. So we'll look forward to that. But, Bubs, what we are here to talk about today, and let's just jump straight into it. As you can see from the screen, we are discussing Wrestle Kingdom 13. And what a show... It was, Buzz. From start to finish, there wasn't a bad match on the entire card. Every match was good to great. Uh, even the matches that weren't great were still good. I mean, everything was at least two and a half stars plus. Everything was watchable, and it went by really quick. And I woke up at Which is hard to say for five yeah. hours. Five hours of, of content, which WWE, WWE puts out almost every pay-per-view. Is yeah. about five hours, and, and, and three-fourths of that's unwatchable. Right. But it happened. It, it went by very fast. I, A couple times, just looking down at my clock, I didn't realize that another hour had gone by. And there was a lot, a lot of matches. Seven titles, eight matches on the total main card, nine throughout the entire card to include the pre-show. So it was, it was big, and there was a lot of people that competed. But it was nice. It flowed nice. And some of it was rushed. That's the only issue that I'm going to get into. Yeah. But uh, and and that's the that, thing when you have excited. so many big names, and there wow. were a lot of big names that they had to that they tried to fit on this card. Um, a lot of the matches, all of them were good, and a lot of them were just a few minutes from being great. Like if they were just given five more minutes, it would have been great. But you just don't have that much time. You know, right. you're there, there's people in the audience that you have to keep entertained, and there's television companies that you have to appease and you know there's just so much that goes into putting together a card like this especially your biggest card of the year right. uh, which happens to be right at the start of the year and they they pulled it off it, I don't think it was as good as previous iterations of Wrestle Kingdom but you're going to have that it's yeah. not going to be the best every year it did sell about 4,000 more tickets than last year's 
So that's a good sign. And last year was an improvement from 11, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So they're on the rise. I mean, that's expected as well. We're expecting New Japan yeah. to keep getting huge. And eventually, the Tokyo Dome isn't going to be able to hold Wrestle Kingdom. That's that's a goal I hope that they have is to make it to go to capacity. Regardless of how they structure seating, you're going to run out of seats eventually. And that'd be a cool thing for them to encounter. Exactly. And could, could we see one day Wrestle Kingdom become a, a traveling show, almost like WrestleMania is? Maybe. I mean, you know, will, will we see it in? Site. Oh yeah. Well, but will we see them in other countries? You know, will we see a Wrestle Kingdom here in the states? You know, uh, New Japan's doing some shows in the UK this yeah. year. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting things happening for New Japan and its global expansion. Yeah. And we're gonna get into a lot of this expansion talk a little bit uh, later as we run through the card, but. Uh, how about we go ahead and jump right into the card so that way we can get our thoughts out on it and be able to discuss what happens from here. Absolutely, Bubs. And you know they started off right with the most anticipated in-ring match, I think, as far as technical skill goes with your boy. Will, oh, the number your, one he, contender match for the, uh, <laughs> the number one contender gauntlet match for the never-open weight uh, three-man tag team. that one. What a I god! That one's hard to. I didn't catch that. There's a lot of people that were in that one. Though. There, there were, and that was a that was a sprint okay. of a match. It was like it was like about a thirty minute match too, from the highlights just, that I saw. I was like, yeah. how many teams are they going to keep throwing out? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They ran out of it though. When we got to the main card though, you got your and my boy Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. He's Indian been off. my boy. I've been talking him up, and you were like, no, he's. Just, He's, he's too flippy. I don't know. Yes, he has been. He has been. You're right. Two, two years ago, he was too flippy. The, the potential was always there, and he has he's starting to realize that potential. Yes. And he came out first to lead off Wrestle Kingdom. That's a lot of faith, I think, in somebody from the UK, right? Not a Japanese wrestler, to come out and put on a great show, as they expected, with Ibushi. And the match didn't disappoint. It went somewhere different than I certainly thought it was going to go. But yes. Big. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot, Bubs. How'd you think of it? Uh, it was a lot more psychological than maybe we thought it would be coming from mm. Ibushi and Offspray. A very hard hitting, like almost hard to, to watch sometimes. Very physical match. With, with the kicks that Offspray was landing, some of some that back that spinning back elbow yeah. that he landed on Koda, um, at some point concussing him, yeah. as we found out later on. Uh, today but it was just it was i don't know if it was the right match to lead off the show because i think it might have been too good to start off the show because that that is a hard match to follow yeah and had they done what we expected you know some flippy athletic stuff bouncing around it would have been the right one to lead off but this one took a, a more athletic physical type approach to it and it was more psychological like you're saying this was an upper mid-card type of match where you, I wasn't expecting to see this by any means, especially from someone like Osprey, but he's continuing to change his, his ways in the ring to add on. He's obviously bulked up as well physically, so he's doing a lot to prove people that he can do a lot more than just bounce around the ring like we saw him do with Ricochet three years ago, right, where they were just doing this across the ring with each other. So it's it, it was a glorified, you know, dance 
<laughs> that those two did on that night. But uh, talking about this match with Ibushi, there was you know a couple spots, a couple of uh, mm-hmm. high-flying flippy spots. Uh, the best spot to me, and this never gets old, and they kind of rehashed the spot they did a little while back when Ibushi went for the German and Osprey just flipped right over, landing on his feet, and Abushi just knew Abushi knew that he landed on his feet, and he didn't want to turn around because he knew what was about to happen. So that was a really cool spot to see. But yes, just just the uh, the evolution of Will Offspray into he he's be, he's coming into his own. He's still so young, and he's got a lot of time, but not too long into the future we're going to be seeing him at the top of the card holding uh more i don't want a more significant title than the never open weight championship which it's you know it's the first title change of the night of so many um but (laughs) um but yeah just a really solid match uh between two people that abushi's always been a really great worker and Osprey's becoming one of the best go-to kind of guys in the business. Yeah. And and it, and it really was. Look, looking at the rest of the card that they had, there's a whole lot of stuff on here that you can say was pretty good. But this really was the one to lead off because you got two fan favorites out there. The crowd's going to love it. They're going to do entertaining stuff regardless. And then the finish, you weren't expecting that back elbow to actually concuss. And it may have actually knocked him out right before the finishing move to go home but mm-hmm. um, really loved it bubs very entertaining but very different from what i expected which is good i like to be surprised in a way like that because i had in my mind the idea of gonna be a bunch of flips around the ring and moonsaults everywhere and all kinds of stuff and it wasn't the case and i saw some of it enough to keep me interested but like it as a lead off really entertaining yes and i don't know a lot of people were talking about how the uh, abushi being taken out on a stretcher was a work uh, to be able to kind of show, uh, put over, I guess, the physicality of the match and put over Will Ospreay as a, you know, this this tough character. But, you know, now that it's come out that Ibushi was concussed, you know, whether it was a work or not, you know, you, you hope, the, hope the best for Ibushi and hope that he can recover pretty quickly. From the sounds of it, from what I'm hearing, it's not uh, that serious. Right, but they call it mild. Yeah, but any kind of head injury like that is a scary thing. And they rarely do the stretcher thing, New Japan. That's not a thing that they do by, I mean, unless it's a serious injury or it's a very well-prepared work. So I really don't think it was because he was seriously injured and to the point where he wasn't moving a whole lot at the end of the match. So I doubt it was a work. It was more of a safety thing, I think, at that point. Yeah, and all in all, great match. Moving on to our next match. Junior tag titles. Yes, and the, the first dom- of many. <laughs> the second of many. Um, for Lij. Oh yeah, Whew, what a night for Lij Bubs. Can we talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. I, they had the potential here to sweep, to go through and just dominate as a group. And what New Japan has is they have very well established staples. Right? You've got Lij. You've got Bullet Club. You've got, you've got Chaos. KS. And everyone kind of falls in between there somewhere for the most part. And it's very different from what we see in the States, in, the, in WWE especially. So 
to see a group go like this and just run through the entire card like we're going to get to throughout this. I love seeing something like that. Establish yourselves, which is actually something I thought they were going to do with the Bullet Club with uh, Tonga and uh, Bone Soldier, Taiji, and stuff like that, but didn't go that way. But I like LIJ, obviously. Naito! Yes, I am, I'm a big fan of LIJ. Huge, you know, I'm a huge fan of Sonata. I'm, wait- yeah, we'll <laughs> I'm waiting Sonata. For, for his big singles run. But uh, this match, what, what were your thoughts on it, watching it you know, live like you did? It was way too short. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talent in the ring. They gave a lot of the work, though, to, to Shingo. And as expected, he's going to be nice. He's going to do some single stuff eventually. But this was seven minutes. And yeah. there's, there's, there's enough talent in the ring that you can stretch this a little bit. I understand they just wanted to put him on the card because... Not a lot of people that we're really looking for in this match to, to take up 25 or, or 30 minutes. But for seven minutes, damn, it was nice. It was entertaining. It had me staring the whole time at it. But when it finished, I'm like, well, that was pretty quick. Well, it was one of those fast-paced kind of blink-and-you-miss-it matches where you it kept you on the edge of your seat. You didn't want to look away because you knew something was going to happen. And like like I mentioned earlier, it's one of those matches that if it had like you know three more minutes, make it a, a an even ten minute match, it, it could have went from you know above average and good to being a great junior tag team championship yeah, match. Good potential for that. It did. Um, and I, I feel like every every time I go into. Uh, a junior tag team championship match. I give way too much uh, credit to Rapongi th- uh, 3K. 3K, yeah, showing you. Yes, I'm always, I'm always thinking something's going to happen them. with them. With Rocky Romero, he's crazy. Yes, um, but yes, big fan of Lij going over and just the entire night that they had, and this was the start of that. Yeah, and, and that's really all it was. It was the first of many, to, many to come for Lij. The match was good for the seven minutes that it was. But that's, that's really all it was. It was certainly watchable, but I wanted a, at least another five more minutes of this stuff right here before we got into the next match. Which was? We'll roll right into it. Rev Pro title, Bubs. Your boy, mm. Zack Sabre Jr. I am a big fan of Zack Sabre Jr. He, he does a lot of things versus Ishii, <laughs> Bubs. Yes. Stone Pitbull out here doing a lot of things. He's had, he's had that Rev Pro title. Just, uh, and he's scary. He's a scary man. One of the better parts of of watching this live last night was realizing how many other people in the world were watching because I was live tweeting throughout the entire time. 380 tweets total. My fingers were hurt. And a lot of people were interacting. It's too early in the morning for all yeah. that, Bob. I, I, had I was sleeping. I had coffee. It was, it was all right. It, it worked out, okay? But what I said at the beginning of it was there's, there's no way that Ishii would ever submit, right? Because... I mean, yeah, you don't. He, he never would, because but he's Ishii, right? He doesn't. He's yes. not going to tap. He's not going to. You have up. to knock him out to be able to beat him, right? So the bit of a surprise in this match was the ending. Was that he actually gave up due to submission to Zack Sabre Jr., who's easily, I think, established himself now as the best technical submission guy in the world. There's yes. not anybody else you're going to throw at me that really could could withstand much of an argument. But he is maybe a British Bret Hart. Sure. I like that. What he hasn't done yet, unlike Osprey, is he hasn't added to his style much. Zack mm-hmm. Sabre's been pretty much the same for the little bit of, of mainstream time that he's had. And he's in a good position, though. He's, he's in Suzuki-Goon. Yep. 
He's got Taka Michinoku right there next to him. Oh, I love great. it. That's great stuff, right? Taka with, with a great heel promo that got oh, some good heat from the crowd, Bubs. Oh, love it. That, that was really good stuff. And the match, again, pretty short. It was stiff, though. A lot of hard shots, just like any Ishii match is going to be. But the, the, the beauty of this match was the story that was told during the match. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the best technical submission wrestlers in the entire world, if not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might not be arguable. I can't think of anyone else that would fit that. Maybe Daniel Bryan, but not... At his best, that'd be at his be- Yeah, but clearly Zack Sabre is the best. Um, and he spent a lot of this match attacking different body parts of Ishii. Limbs. Love it. Yes. Going after the limbs, old school kind of, you know, wrestling here. You know, attacking limbs to set up for your finisher, your fin- the finish, which, yes, it was a big surprise that Ishii did tap out, but the attack, the game plan of Zack Sabre Jr. is what led to that Yeah. in the grand scheme of things. It's not one of those, oh, man, they, they, they make Ishii look weak by him tapping out. It's like, no, Zack Sabre went for the kill the entire match. He knew what his game plan was, and he laid it out and played it to perfection. Yep, and that's exactly what was shown was Ishii didn't look weak, but he got consistently beat up in certain areas, arms especially, because that seems to be where Zack likes to target a lot of his upper body stuff in the arms like that and the shoulder and wing area, things like that. So he got beat up for you know 10 minutes of the time, and eventually... Even the guy like Stone Pitbull is going to give up. And it really, I like, at the end, I, I liked the submission because it really does put Zack Sabre over in a pretty strong way, saying that he made Ishii tap or, or give up and to win a title off of him, which is a British title, of course, which he's going to go and defend against, uh, what's Neville's indie name? Uh, uh, Pac. 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 Yeah. Pac. Yeah, that's going, to be a, that's going to be a thing in a couple weeks. So that's really good wrestling right there. That's going to be that's a really good, good match. It's, it's going to be good, good stuff to see, and I, th- I like it. I like Ishii to win all the time. Big fan, but it's okay. And this, this is something you're going to hear a lot from me through this uh, as we go through all these matches, and you know, yes, I do think Wrestle Kingdom 11 and 12, even 10, might be better shows, good. but I feel that this Wrestle Kingdom really stepped up when it comes to in-ring psychology and it was one of the best in a long time of just in-ring storytelling and the work and the psychology that's used in all of these matches all of them even matches where we're like okay this is just going to be a spot fest because so and so is in it you know this is going to be a spot fest uh there's not going to be a lot of storytelling here but no all of these matches delivered with solid in-ring kind of storytelling and psychology and I was very pleased to see that because that's that's what I love most about pro wrestling that's what gets me the most invested is the story that is told mm-hmm. within the confines of the squared circle and with Wrestle Kingdom and, and most of New Japan's stuff at least in contrast to what we see in WWE is there wasn't a heel or a face turn in this card there wasn't outside interference to anything. There wasn't any nonsense that occurs. The entertainment that we get from this is actually in the ring or outside the ring. In the Pure wrestling. In the Pure case of Jericho and Naito. So this is where they make their money. And damn, is the money good when they do it right. 
So this is why we. This is why I think both of you and I are fans of New Japan is because it's vastly different from the TV that we see on SmackDown and Raw because there's a lot of deep storytelling that Raw and SmackDown try to do. A lot of it's not in the ring though. No, it's it's through promo, it's through interview, it's through and, and it's like very that. over the top and soap opera esque, exaggerated. Yeah. You're right. That's the perfect term to use and to me i'm most invested when the story is told inside of the ring have have the mat the wrestlers the wrestlers telling the story and the announcers kind of putting all the pieces together for us right to me is what makes it more enjoyable and this was just this match became just a bigger part of the build to the entire card if we look at the card as a collective this was match three and this was title change number three, which was the theme <laughs> of the entire card. I had a yes. I had a, a, a series of tweets going that said theme continued title change insert name of the guy who won because we were on our way at this point and I, I picked yes. up on it really early on. So Zack Saber does win Rev Pro. He's taking it uh, back to the UK, going to do some things over there, and obviously he'll probably defend it in New Japan as well. But really enjoyed it, Bubs. And then we got into some. More, I don't want to call it more important because I like the junior tags, but the heavyweight tag titles. It, it's oh. definitely a. You're it's right. Not, more important is not maybe the right terminology, but you're always going to look at the actual heavyweight title with more reverence than you do maybe the junior titles. Yeah, and it's not out of disrespect. It's not out of the one that we like one versus the other, but honestly, there's a lot more recognizable names when it comes to the the heavyweight side versus the junior side, and especially yeah. here. I mean, Evil and Sonata are becoming one of the better tag teams in New Japan's ever. The way that they consistently are winning tournaments, they're winning titles, they're winning here, bubs. I mean, last year, we marked a lot about Sonata. The year before that, we talked a lot about Evil. So, they are growing. I just want Sonata... To get his singles push, and the the tell me the crowd doesn't no, want they, Sonata pups. They do want our that, first big chant of the night. Were there were Sonata chants Sonata. going throughout the match? Yeah, but you have three top level tag teams. Established tag teams. Yes, I Odd. don't. I don't like how the Young Bucks were inserted yeah. into this match at all. Um, but they were okay. Nothing. Right. They're, they're former champs, so they've, they've earned it. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to argue that fact. But I would have probably have rather seen the champs defend against Lij's Evil and Sonata. Sure. But having the Young Bucks in there does give the Bookers does give Gato an out. Yeah, to take the titles off of Bullet Club here. Right. I like the match because big fan of Tama Tonga. Said it yes. for years, right? That's been my thing. And now he's going to be good guy Tama for this year, although it's going to be a heel character throughout 2019, obviously. But three established tag teams. You add in the Bucks because, sure, maybe they have earned it. That's okay. But this, they add the athleticism part that's kind of missing. Because they're the flippy ones. Sonata can do that. Not really his game. He can do everything. So you get a little extra entertainment value if you add them into a match like this. Because you've got 
the brawler in evil. He's going to hit you big. You've got Sonata who can do everything. Mm-hmm. You've got the gorillas of Destiny who can yes. beat you up, right? Loa so, and Tonga are they, one of the most legitimate tag teams in the entire the wrestling world. world. Yes. Period. So they did add an entertainment value. That's really it. I This is the, when I was thinking of my predictions and talking with a lot of people on Twitter the a day before, no, two days before, I was certain that Bullet Club is winning here because you want to establish Bullet Club going forward. New Bullet Club, that is, of course, with Tama and Jay White leading that. So what does it look Stinkly. like? And do they win? Do they take a loss here? Do they take a pin? That makes them look weak. I don't know. We yes. have a lot of talk. But again, the Bucks are there for things like that. So this was a match, Bubs. It was really entertaining to watch because, one, I'm a mark for Sonata. Two, I'm a mark for Evil. Three, I'm a mark for Tamatanga. So it hurt going through all of this, but I really liked it. The Bucks showed us some spots. It was pretty good wrestling, but it was short. It was, and I I don't know if it's because some of the later matches went on long or because the book for 40 minutes each at the end i don't know yeah and this was another one of those matches if you give it just five more minutes it it turns into something great um i love how at during during the match kevin kelly says do they even deserve this talking about the young bucks being in in the match and i i thought that was great I'm a big fan of the uh, English broadcasting for her Don New Callis. Japan. Yes, Don Callis and Kevin Kelly are great. Kevin I love really it. Fucked up so much last night. I, yeah, but he, he he always brings some That's some enjoyment fun. to me. Um, but yeah, this was this was a good match. I mean, yeah, yeah it was short, but it it was still a good match. Like I said, every match on here was two and a half or higher. Everything was good. And this was a a bit of a show-out match for Sonata. He worked most of the... This was the Sonata... This was the coming-out party for Sonata. Sonata versus everyone else. Yes. And it was very entertaining. It was very short. But at the end of it, LIJ, once again, they do get the win here. They continue their run of dominance on the show. Exactly. So now we're 4 of 4 for title changes and I liked yes. it. I did want a couple more minutes out of it, but it was a farewell match to the Bucks. They're out now. We'll talk about them after we get done with um, Wrestle Kingdom talk about their future. But enjoyable match. Give it some more time, though, Bubs. Now, let's talk about the disappointing match in the card. You mentioned all the cards, okay. were, all the matches were good, two and a half or above. Yes. We're going to talk about the U.S. title. U.S. championship between Cody and Juice Robinson. Right. Um, I For, for but, this... Real okay. Quick, well, this this platform that you and I have here right now, we have to sit back and we have to be as objective as we can. Obviously, we've talked about we don't have th- to be objective. We, we just choose to be. We other people think, other people are subjective for us. I think that we have an obligation at times to be objective right. and look through a lens. So we obviously mark about Sonata. We mark about the guys that we look at and and like and dislike. You and I don't hate Cody Rhodes. No, I personally really like the guy. Right. However, we're going to say some things here that are pretty factual, I think, and they they have some pretty good weight held against them because he has he's shown enough now. His resume is deep enough after leaving WWE that we can say he's not a good in ring wrestler. 
Yes. I, okay. Yes. I, I'm not going to argue that fact at all because I've been the main proponent of that kind of... You've spearheaded um, it since day one. Yes. And I hate that I have because I really like Cody. I really liked Cody Rhodes. I like the path that he has forged for himself outside of WWE. He has... I know for a fact that Dusty Rhodes is so proud of everything that Cody has done and is doing in the world of wrestling. And Dustin says it on Facebook all the time. Absolutely. So... This, this is a major caveat to what we're trying to say here. Cody, we, we love his, his character work. We love you know the promos he cuts, the stuff he's doing in, outside, uh, you know, creating a new world of wrestling. But his in-ring work leaves so much to be desired. And after, you know, both of us watched this match, you you said, you texted me saying he epitomizes the WWE safe style of yes. wrestling. And I could not, and I texted you this, I couldn't agree more you with told that. told me to write it down, so I wrote it yes. down. <laughs> Thank you. And I yeah. said, write it down to bring it up, and here it is. And it's so true. His, he, he has a very old school style wrestling style you know he plays the heel up uh he does a lot of heel things to you know old school heel things use uses brandy as kind of a lot of brandy even a spear from her during the match and you sold it yeah i I don't know how i felt about that yeah but he time and time again we come away from a match involving him going uh it it was it was a match, you know. Things happened. Um, it, it definitely, there was a one, two, three, you know, so it was a match. But nothing nothing stuck out. That's yeah. all it was, was just a match that happened. And I hate saying that. I hate being that guy, but that's just how I felt. Right. It's, it is a bit unfortunate because he does everything else so well. He's going to be a great promoter. He's going to be a great producer of what he does. He's going to keep being a good character. But in order for him to ever put on a great match, he's going to need somebody else in the ring that can do that with him. And it's going to be storytelling in the ring that's going to do it. It's going to be psychology. It's going to be a long match of all that. And it's not going to be the athleticism. Well, his, and and his in-ring psychology is solid. It is, he, yeah. He, he understands he pro wrestling. He has a great understanding of what makes pro wrestling work. But the only issue is that... You know, this isn't the 70s and 80s anymore. You know, what works in the ring now is vastly different than what worked in the ring in the 80s. You know, Hogan slamming Andre is not going to work in 2019. Right. Something that changes with his in-ring style if he wants to be known as a great in-ring performer he doesn't need to. You know, his legacy is going to be set regardless. Right. He, does, of what he doesn't need think. to add on to what we're saying. He's going to be fine. But if he's going to continue to be put in positions like this U.S. title, we're going to expect a little more, and we're going to want a little more. And if it's not there, we're going to go, ugh, damn, that U.S. title match wasn't good, which has been the story of the, of the U.S. title's life, which is my next point I was going to get to. 
Which is? The U.S. title hasn't been booked very well at all for a year and a half. Um, I, I don't know. I thought... At first uh, you did. Because Omega, yes, Omega because to White, that was Omega, nice. Omega to White, o, Omega defending it in the co-main event last year against Chris Jericho. Um, and then him dropping it to White. Like there was, It was like, okay, this U.S. title's got some credence to it. This is going to be good. But, I mean... I put Cody Rhodes in the same vein in ring as Dean Ambrose. You know, people, uh, yeah, I know that face you're making. People love, adore Dean Ambrose, but he cannot put on a good match to save his life with anybody. He can't, he can't put on a good match with AJ Styles or Seth Rollins. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing with yourself? <laughs> I mean, we we put all the blame on WrestleMania on in his match at WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar on Brock. Like, oh, Brock's just being Brock. He didn't want to do anything. you know anything. But then Brock puts on classics with AJ Styles. Brock Brock can put on a classic with AJ Styles, and he put on a classic with with uh, Daniel Bryan. You know, and and Cody is is kind of in that same kind of line where it's you you get ex- he always can get you excited for his upcoming match but then you have the match and you're like okay that that was definitely something yeah like we talked about all in and you know the significance of the nwa championship match that he had um and without us and i didn't think the match was that good the, the ending, you know, him winning, it was a great moment. It created a great moment, but the lead-up to that moment left a lot to be desired. With this match, you know, Juice Robinson winning back the U.S. title, great moment because Juice Robinson is a hell of a performer, a hell of a worker, and he deserves it. But the lead-up to it left a lot to be desired. I think Juice will have an opportunity now going forward now that we're out of the Cody Rhodes situation to where he can go ahead and kind of reestablish what the U.S. title was meant to be and that was hopefully to be on par with what the IC title is supposed to do as well. So he's going to get another chance. He's the first two-time U.S. champ here for the IWGP U.S. title. So it's good for him. He is a good worker. They're giving him opportunities, so there's some faith in there, but the match here was no good. It was sluggish. I didn't like it. It was very slow at times, but it. Uh, I did like the belt spot, the 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 oh, mm. the old Hollywood Hogan uh, weight belt yeah. spot. Those are always good. It's always good to throw one out there, and then he, he wins by the unprettier, of course. I want, I want, yes. I want that to be the proper name, unprettier. <laughs> but that's not what yes. they call it, Bubs. But, the um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But uh, that's all I had to say about that. I wanted our point to be made there, Bubs, because uh, that's where the glad the, the card glad kind of we were able to discuss sl- that sluggish down for me a little bit. But now it's time well, to talk. Or unless you want to move on to something else, we got to talk about the junior belt, Bubs. Yeah, we got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship up next with Kushida uh, defending against uh, was Taiji Ishimori. Ah, Bone Soldier. Yes, um, and. Lo and behold, there's a title on the line, and it changes hands. What do you know? Theme. My goodness, that that I'm picking up on a theme, Bubs. Yes. And uh, but 
the this was another another one of those matches where it just didn't have enough time to really for me to sink my teeth into. The theme continues again. Not enough time for the probably ten or eleven or whatever minutes that they worked. It was really nice wrestling, but this is the one. These two, especially Kushida, Kushida has proven himself the last probably what six, four, five, six years. He's a multi-time junior champion that he kind of runs that division when he chooses to run it, and he puts on all kinds of stellar performances. Now we're putting Taiji in that position, who has every all of his work is is great. He can fly, he can do technical stuff, he can hit you in the mouth. The Bone Soldier is kind of the all-around dude, and they're kind of passing that torch. So let's see something significant here. Let's let's do a 25-minute match if we have to, because it's all going to be entertaining. And they can sure as hell go that long. So this is the one that really upsets me the most about time, is this match right here, because I loved it. Yeah, and the... I guess the, the issue here is that... I guess where do I start? Kushida, there, there's rumors about him kind of in talks with WWE, and this is his kind of going away thing. Um, but as you said, Ishimori, he kind of epitomizes this junior heavyweight division. Like you said, he could do everything. You know, he can be fiscal if he needs to. He can fly around if he needs to. You know, he is what the junior heavyweight kind of division and the championship is all about. So putting your faith into someone, and this is, we're seeing a lot of that right now in New Japan, is putting their faith in these younger talents. Absolutely. It was shown. A lot of young guys are getting a lot of screen time a lot of you know ring time and they're getting all the titles now yep and you know you gotta have at least one title in bullet club right now (laughs) right they're the second second biggest stable i guess lij took (laughs) took over the number one spot after this night yeah but you, you know he is the right this was the right choice with with Kushida, he's he's going to be leaving, so you got to make the move. And someone as exciting as Ishimori, it, it's the right decision to make. And I'm excited to see kind of the matchups that he has always yeah. moving forward. There's going to be some really strong junior heavyweight title matches here in the coming days. In the coming months, the year, however long he holds the title. And that's one thing I love most about New Japan is that there's not a lot of transitional champions. Right. Um, I, I guess you would consider Omega a transitional champion it's now at this point. Role, yeah. um, but I, I, I thought this was a match that could have gone a little longer. It was another one of those sprint Kind of things. It wasn't a bad match. It was still a good match. But if if he just gave it a little bit longer, it could have been a great match. Yeah. And this junior division is always fun to watch. It was fun last year. It's going to be fun this year to see who really wants to get involved with it. Because in the case of the juniors, a lot of the juniors they compete in this, and then they realize, oh, I'm better than this, and they they work up to the heavyweight scene. Want to be a heavyweight. Yeah. We'll see what Osprey does. You know, he's someone who's always going to be invested in something like this. But, but you, Osprey's definitely, you could see just what he's 
doing with his body and, and changing his up his in-ring style. He's He's got a clear vision of being in the heavyweight division. I don't think we'll see him much in the juniors anymore. Tough card. Um, that's pretty much all I got on this match. There was not a lot of... Not a lot of noteworthy things that took place here. No, it was fun. It was good Good for what it was. They it was fun. worked each yeah. other. Nice, fun little match. But uh, the next one is really what got my attention, of course. Big Mark. Gotta admit it. But we need to move on to the only non-title match, Bubs. <laughs> it was the, the only non-title card. match, but it there was so much at stake here. This was one of the, maybe the most important match on the card. Uh, no, it wasn't the most important, but it there was a lot. Just there was so much at stake without a title being involved. There was mm-hmm. legacy on the line. There was the future on the line. Right. There was you know confidence Reputation. on the line. Reputation. There was just so much to kind of sink your teeth into and get invested into this match. Is Okada back to being the old Okada? Mm-hmm. You know, is he is he going to make his way back to the top? Can Jay White become the the leader that Bullet Club needs? Can he become a guy that that shows up and shows up in the big moments and wins when he needs to? And man. I'm telling you, this, if not for the main event, this is the match of the night. Oh, okay. We can, we can talk about that. That's good stuff. This okay. one should have went longer. This was 14 minutes. It was and still a hell of a 14 a, minutes, a Bubs. really good 14 minutes. But, Bubs, from, from the beginning, when Okada comes out with full-on Rainmaker gimmick, back where it should be. Yes, with those crowd, shorts... The and, shorts, I well, pop those. Even before then, yeah, he comes out and you know the money's dropping. We're seeing this right here, and then of course he gets in the ring, and the pop is huge when he takes off his lower robe and he's in the gear. So immediately, I'm thinking this is now different than two hours before because what we were thinking was Jay White's going to fight this kind of new balloon carrying Okada. It's not going to mean a whole lot. Jay White's going to win. But now Okada comes out in Rainmaker gimmick, full on and ready to go again. It, there's no way he can beat this Rainmaker, right? I immediately thought Okada's winning this match. As did I. And so did a lot of the, I mean, like I said, the, t- the tweets were going hard, Bubs. A lot of us were talking, well, th- okay, this is great. This is the re-rise of Okada, and I'm all about that. So You've been saying that for, you've been saying that for... Since he dropped the title, you've been waiting for him to re-win the title. Like that's been your goal yeah. since he dropped the title is for Okada to get back to holding the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. I think and as just... soon as he came out in that and and showed off his ring gear, I was like, well, there it is. In about three months, he's going to be the champ. Exactly, and I, I got to throw a shout out right now to a guy that I was interacting a lot with, Wilford Watches Podcasts on Twitter. He was talking about this. We have the same exact idea, basically, of this now being the ground of where Okada has... Re- he's really found the bottom. He lost to Jay White in the gimmick of Rainmaker. He's going to restart himself. He's going to go on, have a great year, regain the title. And we, are, we also think the same thing about Naito. So big shout-out to you right there, my man. We'll talk about that more on Twitter. But, Bubs, when he comes out 
in the gimmick, I'm thinking, just like you said, oh, Rainmaker's coming. Tombstone, Rainmaker combination, let's go. Let's end it. Over, yeah. I thought it was over for Jay White at that moment. And and this that's to me, this is what makes the match that much better is that kind of outlier, that story that's not it's not specifically being talked about. It's not no one's saying it, but like you said, Okada, he's reaching the bottom. Like, how far will he fall before something either snaps in him or he finally has that moment where things click again? Because right now, everything's going in the opposite direction right. for him. And that is such a great piece of storytelling that you don't need 20-minute promos to be able to understand. It's something that is subtle, and you can get behind it. And you think it in the back of your head like, man, what, what's going on with him? Is, are we ever going to see the Okada that we got that held the title for 400 days or no, 700 days? My bad. He held okay. the title for, yeah, my time. bad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we all thought it. Like, okay, I mean, he's going to win it, like, soon, right? Like, once Omega drops it, that's it's going to be Okada. But I don't see him reaching that point for at least another year, you know, maybe longer. Like this is something that they can really work and get because the crowd loves him. No matter what the crowd, he is the golden boy. And for, for great reason, he's amazing. He's the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. He's because no one, no one, no one beats Okada, right? No. Especially clean right in the middle of the ring. With a protected finisher, yep. Yes, but we're seeing that now. And it's like, okay, like what's going on here? Where where does it go from here? And that's the best part about this is that no one has to say it on screen, but we're thinking it. And now we're all thinking, what's next for Okada? What's, What's he do now? Like he doesn't just go straight into the title picture. Because he just lost to Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Clean, in the middle of the ring. No shenanigans. Like, where does the Rainmaker go now? Like, what does he have to do to find his mojo again? Because this later is... on, because the kind of the same thing's been going on with Naito, but he kind of reignite, reignites himself later on in the night and finds his mojo. But when, when does that happen for Okada, and how long does that take? Yeah, that's why I consider this match right here in this moment, really, at the end, to be kind of the most significant thing because it does two things. It skyrockets Jay White to the top of the card consideration. Maybe no. Yeah, let's get into that for a bit. Because that's that's real money. And it doesn't bury Okada, but it puts him he's at the bottom. He has to work now. So there's two major stories that come out of this. One got one guy who's flying to the top who has been pushed since he's come to New Japan Bubs. And then we've got the golden boy, like you said, who's now at the bottom and he can't seem to do anything right. So that's why I said this has the most significance as far as storyline going forward because there's now two major players. Jay White is now a major player. No more mid-card dude. He's a leader of the Bullet Club. We need to start respecting that and talking about him versus Tanahashi now. Once you beat Okada, you're a made man. That's just one of those things. He's made. He is a made man. And let's let's get into Jay White right now because this time last year we were thinking, okay, he's got a future, but he can't really... He's showing that he's not really a big time performer. He didn't. Yeah. He put on kind of a 
stinker with Tanahashi. The Tanahashi last match year. last year was it was no good, watchable TV at best. But we're like, okay, well, we wanted more from you, kid. Guess it's not there. But they, he spent the entire no, and he spent the entire 2018 getting better, honing his craft, making his character much better than what it was. He he just improved in every way imaginable throughout 2018, and it yeah. culminated to this spectacular moment for him to start off 2019, and 2019 is going to be the year of the Sling Blade. Switchblade. Switch not the Sling. Yeah. Sling Blade. I, I, just got sling done blade. Watch, I just got done watching Tanahashi and Omega, so there's a lot of Sling Michael Blades in that in match. Bed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Switchblade, though, Bubs. Wearing, switchblade, the year of the Switchblade. Wearing all white tonight. He looked good. Oh, it was so oh. good. I love that look. I love Okada. when wrestlers go with the all-white look. Okada looked amazing, as expected. Jay White has improved leaps and bounds from what we saw last year. Of course, he keeps getting better. I did want that. Not to say they didn't have chemistry, but I, I kind of wanted this one to feel really important as far as how the match went. But Jay White simply doesn't have that much ring work yet. He hasn't been in a lot, a whole lot of stuff. He's been around for what a year and a half or so. His debut match oh, was last God, year. Yeah at Wrestle Kingdom. So, I mean, he's only going to get better, but I really like the moment more than anything at the end with one protected finisher and you're out. And it's an they really want, thing. They really want Jay White to be the next Gaijin superstar. Yes, he should be. There's no one else. And with Omega, looks like he's out the door. Uh, you need someone to kind of take over that kind of spot. And I know you've got Offspray there waiting in the wings. He's going to be a top guy. But Jay White is, he seems like he's the guy right now when it comes to Gaijins. Yeah, and this year is going to be even a more, I'd say more, I don't want to say more important, but if he can do what he did in 18 and do it in 19, he doesn't necessarily have to win the G1 because I think that's reserved for, for Naito. But I think that, that this is going good. to be. A huge year for him. We're going to see him in the title picture. He not he could even win it, Bob. So there's nothing to say that no. Tanahashi can't drop the thing quickly because he's really not doing <coughs> it for a full-on year of, of holding that title. So a lot of stuff with him. God, that would be a real quick turnaround if he wins the title this year, Bubs. I know, but I mean, mean, if you're pushing a guy to the limit, you're going to tell me he beats Okada clean and we're not pushing him? I think they're I, pushing him. The, I mean, oh, he's clearly, he's clearly getting pushed. But that that's quite the leap to make, and it, it's not unprecedented. AJ Styles came in and won the title almost immediately when he got to New Japan. Uh, so that's not something that's unprecedented. Now, he had a much bigger name when he came yes. to New Japan, but it's kind of... They're kind of in the same mold, you know? The, the Bullet Club always seems to find themselves in the top of the card and I mean with him being the new leader you know it makes perfect sense so I I don't think I know I don't I don't think it happens this early on but like you said it wouldn't be all that surprising no and if they did it'd be just like well I I could see that considering the the last year and a half he's had sure that's fine even if he you know happened to do it in complete heel fashion it just establishes him more. And if Omega really does leave, 
they have to find another way for their expansion outside of Japan, which includes the Gaijin. You have to have it. Yes. It's, it's going to be a thing. Uh, if you want to have your Western expansion, you have you have to have a face for it. And, you know, the American audience, they have a hard time getting behind foreign players. So having someone like Jay White be the face of your Western expansion, which we all kind of thought Omega was going to be, uh, it makes a lot of sense that that would be kind of the direction that they're going in. I'm out of conversation for Jay White, but we have talked him up enough. He's, he's over. <laughs> we just put him over. Let's move on to my match of the night, if you don't mind. Okay, you're going with the IWGP Intercontinental Championship as your match of the night. I am, simply because they protect Chris Jericho by putting him in no DQ matches. That's how you yes, still get... Yes, I don't think he... Every one of his <laughs> matches has been... <laughs> they've got to do, do that. And, this and they one, always but... announce it like an hour before the match. <laughs> like, oh, this is a no DQ all of a sudden. They get in a fight backstage and now it's now it's no DQ. Okay. <laughs> So big fan of Naito, right? We, you and I yes. both put all the we 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 bet the house last year at Wrestle Kingdom on him. We, we lost. did. We I, lost hard. I will be doing it next year, as will my man Wilfred. We're we're dropping that dime. Naito gets it next year again. Him versus Okada. I have to call it early. I think he should be the champion. I think he should be champion now. I do too. I don't get it. But uh, this match, Jericho can still do amazing things. He's such a great heel character. He can do good spots. They, the the DDT on the table is going to be your spot of the night. Uh, he spiked him. The, he, Jericho took a pile driver. The kendo yes. makes an appearance. So just the utter chaos that occurred, just similar to last year with Jericho versus Omega. That was that was a brutal thing to watch. <laughs> so a, a little lesser degree here. Intercontinental title on the line. A title change. We get Destino, you know, it just it just made me really happy to see. So I really liked watching it because Jericho is a heel. This version of Jericho is so different from a lot of other ones we've seen because he's in Japan, so he can do some stuff. I loved it. Yeah, and going back to what we talked about with Cody, you know, we talked about how he's a great he he knows how to work his character, but his in ring kind of work leaves a lot to be desired. Right. Chris Jericho is great with his character as well, creating a character, building upon the character, making you feel whatever emotion he wants you to feel about him and his character. And then he goes out and produces it in the ring. So that's what sets the, the, the good and great from the goats. Goats. And Jericho is an all-timer, without a doubt. In my opinion, he will go down as one of the best pro wrestlers of all time. Uh, sports entertainers, if you will, of all time. And this is just another one of those kind of matches that proves that point. Because, you know, yes, he's, he's being protected in New Japan with all of these no-DQ matches. And he really didn't wrestle all that much as... Like five <laughs> he, times. Yeah, he got the Brock Lesnar treatment in New Japan, but he delivered. He always goes in and just gives it his all, and it's so damn entertaining. Um, 
at one point he declared himself the winner. He he felt he beat he up Naito enough yeah. that he rang the bell and made the ref raise his arm in in victory. Love it. Um, Chris Jericho is just so good. But to me, the best part about this match was the reinvigoration and the finding of the mojo of Tetsuya Naito. Yes, my man. Just. No, no matter if he's a heel or a face, just his complete disregard for just everything that's not him, yeah, is just astounding and amazing, and I love it. I love how zero he cares about the title. He just wants to go out and do his thing. I'm surprised he didn't throw it when he was walking out. He actually carried it out of ringside instead well, of throwing it like he did in 2017. He actually just left without it, and the ref had to bring it to him. <laughs> like he was like, "Oh throw shit, it, yeah, I'll throw it." Yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah, this thing." I forgot. It's like he forgot that the title was even on the line. He was just out he there to wrestle. Yes, he just wanted to fight Chris Jericho, and they had a fight. They did, and it was a hell of a spectacle. It was definitely the most sports entertainment match of the night and it in a card like this you need something like that and a lot of people do think this was the best match of the night like you said and in good reason it was well done it deserved to be right before the main event and honestly bubs like to see Jericho do stuff like this at, at 50 years old 49 I think still actually but it's ridiculous, but so... the most important part is Naito. Yes, I, I think this was all this, about Naito. I think this sets up G1. I don't think this sets up an IC title carry for him. He can easily get rid of that thing. It doesn't. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need to carry it. it doesn't matter. He can. He can even just like, ref, like just. He can refuse to relinquish have, it. Honestly. Yeah, yeah that, and I'd kind of almost rather have that so we can put How somebody else in that position. How great would that be? It would be, because I'm not looking forward to, not that it'll be bad, I I don't care about an IC title run for him. I care about G1. That's really what I'm looking forward to, and we have to wait to see that, unfortunately, but I really think that's where the storyline goes, is Naito deserved it last year. We all got one slipped by us when when Okada beat him. That's fine. The storyline still needs to be there for Naito, because he's still selling stupid merch. He's still extremely over. Something needs to be and done he's there. he's great and in the ring. He really is. And I think that this needs to be the year to develop that once again. And if it's Okada and him again, I don't care. Let's just do it again because it was really great wrestling. Well, by the way, Jericho's 48. I just Googled it. Okay. But um, I think what sets up perfectly would be him versus Tanahashi because Tanahashi's whole story about uh, winning back mm-hmm. the IWGP title was – to have the title on someone that cares. You know, it's like, he, he talked about how Omega just, he, he didn't care enough about the title and that he wanted to bring the luster back to it. Who better all, to take... That was all fair. Yeah, who's, who better to take the title off of Tanahashi than Naito, who couldn't care less? <sighs> I, it's right. Like, doesn't that just work perfectly? Like, it's almost like... It's almost what they're building to without coming out and saying it. Yeah. It is a lot of that behind-the-scenes conversation and psychology that, were, that they refuse to talk about or they intentionally 
don't say. They're telling you know Kevin Kelly to not mention these things with specific words, so that it just kind of creeps in our mind. Like, well, where's Naito going now? And you see the the the, the differences, and you got a Tanahashi, and you have a, a Naito, and how they're so vastly different from each other. Just very similar to how Omega and Tanahashi were different from each other last night as well. So, and they all are really good. <laughs> and I cannot wait to see what comes of this. Like, what? Okay, so before we go any further with the car, like, what what happens now with Chris Jericho? Do we see him again in New Japan, or does this kind of end his his run? With the company. He told reporters last night that he's challenging for the heavyweight title. So That'll be interesting. Yeah, and crazy stuff always happens at the, the New Year's Dash, and that's happening in, yes. in four and like, a half hours. Yeah, real and soon. I'm not going to watch that one, but that's where crazy stuff happens. That's where we could even get title changes. That's where the, the storyline that, is. That's the Raw after WrestleMania yeah, really, for, exactly. for, for New Japan. So we get new stuff there. New Dash. Jericho straight up said he's going to challenge even though he's not worthy in some verbiage. He said he's going to challenge for the heavyweight title. So I don't think he's going anywhere yet, Bumps. It's, it's Chris Jericho. He, I mean, he can, he can do whatever he, he wants. He can walk on. Yes. Um, I just, with, with all this, and we'll get into this after New Japan, I'll just talk about AEW, what just happened, uh, this morning or last night, where, depending on where you are with New Japan, there's just so much to be excited about in the world of wrestling outside of the WWE that this, this is one of the most exciting times in recent memory to be a wrestling fan. Yes. 18 was a great year. 19 is going to be crazy. I think 19 might be uh, the best year in a long, long time because we've got a lot of kind of exciting things going on. You've got the biggest star in WWE being a a female wrestler in Becky Lynch. You've got... You've got a new promotion uh, starting from the ground up with a lot of kind of backing behind it and we'll get into that in a little bit and you've got just some of the just some of the biggest stars in all the biggest promotions i mean a lot of unknowns i can't i know i know i just i can't wrap my head around you're right there's so much going on in my head right now there's so much that i need to just talk about but there's one more match one more match. Main event and, and your match of the night, I'm sure. Tanahashi yes. versus Kenny Omega, Bubs. Now, Bubs, I am a. About, you know, I am a, a a big fan of Kenny Omega. So am I. Now that's fine. Now, about three weeks ago, you and There's I agreed camp, vigorously. We said Kenny Omega's run has been disappointing, lackluster. It has not done anything, and and I, especially since I'm the one on Twitter all the time, I have been. I don't want to say busting him. But I've been saying confidently he's losing the title at Wrestle Kingdom because one, oh yeah, absolutely. One, there's speculation he's leaving the company. Two, there needs to be a change because he hasn't done shit with the title since he's won it, and we expected him to do amazing things. So, although it was still a bit of a surprise to see it happen, the Ace Go Ace he won last night, yes. and I like the match. <clears throat> I I love the match. Okay. <laughs> you like it, I love it, and which is kind of how I felt about the previous match. I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. 
But this match I loved because there was a lot of really good psychology, in-ring psychology going on. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, probably Tanahashi being the ring general that he is. Yeah, He's been a top-level guy for so long. He single-handedly brought New Japan out of the ashes by just being the ace, the true ace. And, you know, Okada's done a fantastic job carrying that mantle from Tanahashi, but Tanahashi showed, hey, I'm not, I'm not done just yet. Yep. Regardless of injury. Yes. And he just continues to perform at a high level. He shouldn't be doing a table spot. Nope, but he frog splashed his ass through it. He did. He oh. high-flied right through it. And, whew, that looked bad, like, right when it happened. Like, whew, that He it's disappeared. Yeah. He literally disappeared. Like, he hit the table and he was gone from this. They had to show the replay just to, like, see where he went. He fell into the abyss. But it was a, from start to finish, was a great match. A lot of really good in-ring psychology going on with Okada attacking the back and the shoulders. Mm-hmm of Tanahashi and Tanahashi going after the legs of Omega because you can't hit one wing angel if you can't you know use your legs because exactly. it takes a lot of leg power to get you up there and speaking of one wing angel still the absolute most protected move in all of pro wrestling yes it is he didn't even hit it you couldn't hit it, it still hasn't been yeah the only way you get you kick out is if you're on the ropes uh, or if you're his best friend Name uh, Kota Ibushi. Kota's the one that counts, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Um, but what a great match. The title changes to Tanahashi. It's his eighth, eighth. title now. And he reestablishes himself as the ace of the company. You know, Okada's going through these, you know, a dark time right now. So you want someone to kind of take over the, the mantle of the champion uh, you've had Omega with kind of a lackluster run, kind of brought down the kind of, I guess, the luster yeah. of the IWGP heavyweight title. Why not put it in the hands of the guy that brought it back into relevance? There's so much you can do now with Tanahashi as champion. So many, um, so many different opponents you can throw at him. Because it's been a while since he's been champion. What was it? Uh, t- was it 10 where Omega, uh, I mean, Okada finally he, he, he beat him? beat him at 10, right? Yeah. So, and that so was really that, that was since then. Rain, right? So, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's changed. You can put a lot of different, you can put the same people he faced four or five years ago, but they're all different and changed now. So, you're still getting different dynamics. You can have him go against uh, Jay White again. So there's a, a yeah, there's from last year. A whole lot of good potential right there, and Jay White would be in a good position to, to you know, maybe one up him and, and take that. That'd be good stuff. This match to me really, although I'm going to talk about the Omega situation <clears throat> and AEW when we're done with this, but the yeah. match simply felt like a going away for a little bit type of situation for Omega. The way that Which he was, wants. the way he was doing things, the way that I mean, I don't want to say the lack of performance, but we've seen better out of Omega. We've seen yeah. we've seen five, we've seen six and a half star type stuff with other people. Now I wasn't expecting that because that's that's unfair, but I really think that he maybe didn't he didn't phone it in, but 
This no, he definitely didn't in. phone it in, but he, I definitely feel that it's going to get five stars, if not more, from Melter because and because it was a great match with yeah. a lot, a lot at stake. And yeah, there were a lot of kind of things that Omega was doing that alluded to him possibly leaving. Uh, at one point, uh, he was. He, uh, it was when he threw Tanahashi out the ring, and he like started blowing kisses to someone outside i they didn't really show but there there was just a lot about this match that made you feel okay something something's going to be changing here yeah. with kenny omega whether it, it's a change of his character or he's just kind of, he's leaving which a lot of us feel that that's what's going on with all the rumors that are happening in the wrestling world right now with kenny omega you knew that this title change was coming, uh, but there were there were a couple times during the match where you're like, okay, maybe maybe they stick with Omega. Yeah. You know, do, do they have faith in you know? Do they want to put the title on Tanahashi again? Uh, will the fans you know accept Tanahashi as champion again? And they definitely proved that they still love Hiroshi Tanahashi and they want him as their champion. Oh, exactly. And when he, he took a frog splash from Omega, mm-hmm. and he took that late in the match, and then he kicks out at one. At and one. Immediately, and, and immediately stands <laughs> up. And when I saw that, I'm thinking, this is this is why him and John Cena are so similar. Because, one, they're both heavily protected, right? And rightfully so. But they're so overpowering where, you know, you got to do a whole lot to beat them. And even at his now advanced age, Tanahashi with some injury, he can still one-up the best bout machine in the world. And that kick out at one for some reason just got me. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's nice to see. Cause it, it <laughs> and the crowd loved it. Yeah, the crowd it ate it up too long before the finish that, that, that actually comes and happens. So loved it. I called it. I wanted it. This is, this is good for new Japan right now. This is best for business and it's really good for Tanahashi. And I think it'll be good for Omega as well. So it's a good cap. We got to see some air guitar at the end bubs and it really does cap off. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which I'll say right now, it was worth waking up at 12.45 a.m. for. I'll do it again. Uh, the last three matches, they all deserved the amount of time, but every one of those before them deserved more time. And it went by very fast, and it was 90% watchable. That's what I said. Okay. Uh, so all in all, with the entire show in retrospect now, in review, giving this a letter grade, what would you give... Wrestle Kingdom 13. A. An A? Yep. Okay. What keeps it from being an A plus? Cody Rhodes. Okay, so that ma- if you take that match out, you'd give it an A plus? If the match was removed and it's only um, seven matches on the main card, then yeah, it'd be an A plus because everything else was entertaining. Okay. And then plus, if you take that match out, you can give more time to there some of these other matches that needed it. Fixing the problem. And I, I agree with you. That match did absolutely nothing for anybody. So I feel that's one of those matches you take it out and you're not missing much on the entire card. Uh, how did you feel about not having the annual Battle Royal? Didn't miss it because I didn't watch it last uh, year or the year before. Because It I was mean, entertaining. It's honestly, an entertaining thing. It's, it's entertaining at best. You get to see some guys that you like on the indie world. But nah, I'm sure it'll actually come okay. back next year because there's a lot of talk about that on the on the interwebs. So it'll be oh. back. An A grade would be an A plus without 
Cody. Man, what a statement. Um, I'm with you. I'd give it about an A, borderline A-. minus. I thought it was a very solid show. I don't think it was a great show that it's been the previous years. I think the last maybe three years, it could be an A+. This year, it took a step back, but it's one of those things that, yeah, it took a step back quality-wise, but it was still a really good show, and the fans came out to support it, and it it's going to continue to grow. It's going to get bigger. It doesn't need to be better every single year. It just needs to be as long as it's good. Like you gave it an A. If it's an A, A minus B plus every year, then that's what you need. Lately, WrestleMania has been a, a C plus B minus for me the last few years. Not since WrestleMania 31 has there been a great WrestleMania. Yeah. And even that, I'd give it a B plus. So. But they're still selling. They're still selling out stadiums. They're still going to keep doing it. So they're still doing well, as is Wrestle Kingdom. They, exactly. Gonna and Wrestle Kingdom's going to... Yes, exactly. It's going to keep getting bigger. And, you know, I'm very excited to see where the growth... I'm very excited to see the growth continue and where it's going to continue to grow. And shoot, G1, come to Dallas, baby. I can't wait Ooh, we're going. for that to happen. It's going to be in my neck of the woods. And I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. That'll be good stuff, Bubs. We, we're now going to change topics a little bit now for a little segment change here. We're going to talk specifically about All Elite because... All Elite Wrestling. AEW. We have to talk about it. Now, Bubs, I'm going to make a point here, and I want you to tell me if I'm crazy or I'm not or if I make a lot of sense. Last, Our last show, you and I bashed All In. We said, what is what was it for? What did we get out of it? What the hell was it well i'm about to tell you now really what it was all in this always gets thrown in our faces when we make bold statements like that big declarative statements we always get just crapped on this this is where i'm trying to be objective because i don't hate anybody i don't love anybody what all in was was a pilot episode of a tv show because what they did before they decided to do all in they probably went to a whole lot of investors maybe like tony khan and they said hey we're gonna do a show we want you to check it out. We want you to see if it's worth your time. So what they did is they put on All In with their own money, their own people, their own booking, right? And it mm-hmm. was a success. They did sell pay-per-views. They did sell out the arena. It was good for that of what it was, right? Now what Tony Khan sees is he's like, huh, you guys did that with no money, no staff, no anything, no support? Well, hell. You did your own promotion? You did your own marketing? You did everything on your own? That's crazy. Now what if you had money to support you? So what they did was they created a pilot episode of a TV show. The network, if you will, watched All In, and they said, damn, that's pretty good. I wonder what they could do with some real financial backing and a complete staff with all the support that they need for marketing and everything else. Tony Khan, being the network executive of, of this, as I'm making this comparison and to a TV show. Being a billionaire that happens yeah. to own a sports franchise. Exactly. Hmm, that sounds familiar. He, he actually buys it, and now really what we're getting, All In created All Elite Wrestling, which is going to be a wrestling promotion. But to compare it, it's a successful TV show that did a pilot by themselves, and now we're going to get a a complete series off of it. Now we know what All In was really for, I think, was it was to show the the backers of the money. Tony Khan, other billionaires who might have wanted to do it, was this is what we can do by ourselves. 
you give us a little money, a little actual stability and support from a company, you're going to have competition because the market is huge for pro wrestling. So All In was a success. Bubs, <clears throat> I don't think I tell you this enough, but one, I love you. I, I, I tell you that all the time. You know this. You tell me that one. Um, but two, you are a genius because that made yeah. absolute total sense. And don't think that that wasn't lost on me as soon as all of this big news started to come out about All Elite Wrestling. Because okay. as soon as it came out, a lot of us, I say a lot of us, you and me mostly, would read the comments and hear everyone talking about, oh, this is going to be bigger than WWE or this is going to be competition. And we said, that's dumb. And I said, I, the one thing I always said was, let me see a TV deal and then we'll start talking. I said that, and as soon as I said that, the thing about Tony Khan comes out, that he's he's all in on this, mm -hmm. and he wants to back this company by doing an initial investment of $100 million, is what the reports have come out and said. And then that's when it clicked in my head, like, hey, maybe this could actually be something. Right. And then reports started coming out that TBS and TNT – had interest, and he knows people within those, and uh, within the network, within Turner Broadcasting, and that this could be a possibility. Yeah. And then that's when it started to become real to me, because before they, when they announced AEW, it it didn't feel kind of real. I didn't get anything out of it. Right. I thought, okay, this is just going to be. Yet another, yes, yet another indie promotion where people can, you know, wrestlers can go and make good money to wrestle in a couple shows a year, maybe, and then that'll be that. But now what we're kind of seeing is a framework being developed of a potential pro wrestling television product. Yeah. Well... Will it be competition to WWE? I still say no as of right now. That I don't think that's a real possibility as of right now. Now, maybe in five years, well, then, then we can start talking about that. But as of right now, no. But I do think it could be a great alternative for pro wrestling fans. Much like we used to say, everyone wanted TNA Impact to be the to be a disruptor to be competition for WWE but it was never going to be competition for for WWE because they always wanted to be WWE light they always wanted everything to be just like the WWE I don't think anyone in AEW wants that no what we're hearing from Cody, the Bucks, everyone involved in AEW, and seeing some of the names that are getting involved in it, these this is going to be a pro wrestling, not not a dream, but it's going to be a pro wrestling fan show. Yeah, I this feel. will be significantly different than WWE TV. Yes, which when when we talk about the the competition type verbiage, if they get major TV, like let's pretend for a second they get TBS, right? 
TBS is a major, major station, right? It is a nationwide cable station. They run parallel with other major stations, so like a USA and a Fox. They can compete with them. It's it's not parallel to Fox, because we're talking Fox... No, we're talking Fox proper here, which is... Which is a, which is a much bigger station. It reaches much more households. You don't even need cable, or any kind of provider to get Fox. Even if they put it on Fox Sports One, like they're talking about. Well, they're talking about having on Fox proper, hmm. not just Fox Sports One. So if it's on Fox Sports One, then TBS is a bigger station than Fox Sports One. Right. It's not going to take them five years to to see some direct competition. We're going to go back to the TV number ratings type of thing if they get major TV, which is really where the competition starts. If they can start beating them in weekly TV consistently, I think the change happens quick. Not, I don't want to say you know within months or something like that, but it's going to be a drastic change. They're never going to be WWE. WWE is not going to stop. The ball's been rolling. The money's there. But the, I think two, WWE two, will start to, to change things up. They would have to, which is great for business. Absolutely. They're, they're never going to catch them. But once they start taking numbers away from their USA watches or if they decide to do direct competition on a same time slot, that's big money in a couple of years, and it's good competition. We're, this is, we're talking extremely hypothetically right now because there's no one on that roster of AEW right now that we'd be like, yeah, I'd watch them over a Rollins or a Reigns or something like that. Right. But it is. It is the alternative system that it, is it's not different. going to be the Monday Night Wars Part Two. No, not at all. But it's I. It could be a healthy alternative or even a healthy competition for WWE and kind of a benchmark for where pro wrestling is. Right. Maybe can, can we see pro wrestling become a kind of a mainstream thing like it was in the late 90s. Yeah. You know, will we see WWE start to kind of get nervous and feel the necessity to make the changes that are needed to spruce up their their product because clearly right now we've we've talked about this for years the product is just not where we as fans want it. So I, I want this I want this to succeed because I want pro wrestling to become to become what it once was, which was week in and week out they were we were given the best possible product. The, Nowadays the kind, of, the kind of TV where you had to tune in, right? Because Exactly, because now I, I can't I can't remember the last time where I went okay, I have to watch Raw or I have to watch SmackDown this week. No, I record it every week and then I watch it throughout the week. Or I only watch certain segments. What they're doing here with AEW is it's pretty interesting because it's going to have that indie feel, right? So what I'm really curious about is how are they going to succeed with talent share? Because I think that's really where they make a lot of their, their bang for their buck is are they going to work with Ring of Honor? Are they going to work with New Japan, of course, maybe even Impact, you know? So when it comes to these contracts, how are they going to be, you know, how are they going to be, I guess, configured? Can they work with other other brands? Can they do swaps and things like that? Because they're not going to have a huge roster. I mean, Impact has their talent. Ring of Honor has their talent. New Japan and WWE, there's not a whole lot of free agents out there that you can be like, yeah, come over here. 
I don't think that's it's there. Well, they're talking about they're talking about contracts being comparable to WWE contracts in terms of money. Yes. So that could be alluring to that's a draw. Yeah. Yes. So there could be people in WWE that may not be happy with their lot. Let's say a Rusev is like, hey, you know, I I kind of want to try something new. You know, someone that maybe isn't a huge star in WWE, but is on the fringe, and they're like, hey, I, because, look, going back to the Monday Night Wars, yes, Kevin Nash and Razor Ramon, like Diesel and Razor Ramon, they were they were stars, they were big stars, but they weren't like the Hogan-style star. So they they were big enough, they were on the fringe of being, you know, kind of the like a mainstream guy. So they're like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try my hand at something new. And that kicked off the Monday Night War. So someone that is a big enough name that's like, hey, I don't really like my my lot here in WWE. I want to go try something. I want to go try that AEW. You know, they're saying they're going to put me, you know, straight to the top. So we, we could see WWE trying to be like, like, hey, we're – don't go there. We'll, we'll we'll push you. Don't worry. We're we're gonna get you where you want. So it's it's just it's so exciting. I love wrestling, and I the more wrestling, the better, and the more quality wrestling, the better. I think over this year, this is gonna be. I mean, the first year is very important for a company like this. So how how much success will they have? Because you know all these dudes in WWE that are you know a year and a half out, two years out from their contract expiration, they're sitting there watching now. Like a Rusev, for example, they're like, "Well, damn, are they gonna, you know, how well are they gonna do? Are they are they gonna do well at all? Because I'm gonna get paid the same or more. Ooh, I might. Right, and it's 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 a tease, but nothing right now. Like it's all we're, no. it's a pipe dream if we're talking about yes. that right now. This so is all speculation. To, we got to give this time. We will give it time. They're doing their double or nothing event apparently already in May, so we're gonna see if that works, and then after that. We're going to see how well these shows continue to develop. Do they get bigger? Who else can they bring in? Is talent share a thing? Is it only exclusive? There's a lot of unknowns. How, you know, who are the legends that we're going to see? A lot of a lot of crap like that. So I'm intrigued, Bubs. I like it. More wrestling, the better. Yes. But not yet. 2019 is such an exciting... It's so exciting right now, Bubs. I'm so excited for 2019 in so many different ways, not even just wrestling. There's just so much excitement for this year. And really, I want to see, I just want to see where all this leads. I want to see where everything that happened in Wrestle Kingdom leaves leads to. I want to see all this talk about big changes in WWE, where that leads to. Yeah, Change is coming and it's very exciting, and I just want to know. I, I ha- we have to be patient. I want to know. I just want to. I just want to be told. Tell me what you're doing. Yeah. Don't which, make me wait for it. Which is the last topic we can get to real quick, Bubs, and it really is Kenny Omega. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, it, his I don't want to expire. I, I know. Twenty six days. Yes, and. How often have, over the last, I think it's been two, three years, I've been saying the Royal Rumble, we're going to see Kenny Omega. And I, I don't, I don't want to say it because under, I know. He's under contract. Yes. Uh, WWE could possibly buy out could. the rest of his contract. That's always a possibility. And the perfect place to debut someone like that would be 
at the Royal Rumble. So you're telling me since I'm going to the Rumble in Phoenix that I would get to see Kenny Omega debut I'm not at saying the that. 30 spot. I'm not. You know me so well. Uh, he can't be because that's going to be our truth. That's true. He'll, 29. He'll, he'll come out number one. No, he's coming out uh, one. He's, he forgot he was 30. Don't even play. <laughs> AJ he's Styles came out number three. Oof. Big pop. Oh, God. Which is, that's a good point. I, want, I wanted to ask you this about the AJ Styles thing. Kenny Omega right now is in a very unique position, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's pretend for a second, right? He, he, he flirts with the idea of going to WWE. He's a bigger star than Finn Balor was when Balor came over. Fact. Oh, 100%. He's, he's a bigger star than Nakamura was when he came over to yes. WWE. He's a bigger he's star than He's not going AJ to NXT at, at all. There's no. no way he's going. Kenny Omega is a bigger star than what AJ Styles was when I, AJ Styles came over right now. Mm. So, yeah, simply because of what he's done this year, Bubs, he's the best bout machine number one in the world. He is okay. bigger than AJ Styles. So what do you do with a guy like this? Is this why they're throwing all this money at him like these reports are saying? Because he's the most coveted, apparently, free agent in the last ever, is what it sounds like. The only reason that this could happen is because of AJ Styles. Yes. Because no one wanted to go to WWE before AJ Styles... Because they saw what happened to to big stars outside of the WWE machine, which is kind of get thrown to the bottom of the card and just left to die. AJ Styles comes in and he's immediately treated as a huge star, a big deal, and is kind of they created the blueprint for what you what you do with these big talents from other promotions. Right. They've realized, okay, this pro wrestling fan base, they are smart. They do watch things other than, than us. They do pay attention to what's going on outside of WWE. So this Kenny Omega deal doesn't happen. If it does happen, it doesn't happen without, AJ Styles and how he's been treated as the second biggest star in all of WWE, yeah. you know, behind Roman Reigns. But now Roman Reigns is gone, so AJ Styles is the kind of guy. And with he's in a storyline with Vince McMahon right yeah, now, shit. and he's a two he's a two time WWE champion and the longest reigning WWE champion of the modern era. So. All of that is what's leading to this kind of resurgence of Kenny Omega could very well go to the WWE and be treated as a big deal because, yes, he is a huge star. Right. And I think WWE finally sees the value in bringing in these already made guys and putting them straight to the top. Right. Which is why he's being offered as much money as they're saying that he's being offered, which is a lot of money. Yeah. AJ had to do it first, and now people can follow behind him. And it's kind of the inverse as well. Somebody has to leave WWE first to go to AEW, right? That's That has right. to happen too. Somebody's got to be the first one. So do you think that for, for All Elite to be successful, do they need Kenny Omega? If he doesn't go there and hang out with the Elite, are they going to make it? Oh, yeah. I don't think they need Kenny Omega 
because Cody's already proven that he he can run this thing. I think he's already proven that he can do it without someone like Kenny Omega. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't try and pursue someone from WWE, make a big splash, like a, make a big signing. Uh, I do think that they'll try that, but I don't think it... I don't think he. They need to build the promotion around Kenny Omega to right. make it work. So do they you can. Think... They absolutely can, and it w- and it would work. But I don't think that they have to. They don't to have make to. It right. Right. Yeah. So if you if you're a betting man right now, where is Kenny Omega wrestling February first of this year? Who is he working for? If I had to put money on it, it's, it's going to be WWE. I think it, I think he's at a point in his career where it's time to make the money. You've been doing you've been doing pro wrestling for a long time, for over a decade, and you you've made some good money, but it's time to to make yourself wealthy and to yeah. set yourself up for the for the rest of your life. And who's to say you don't do this for a year or two and then you can go with your friends to AEW, but make your money now so that way you don't have to worry about it for the rest of your life. Exactly. And from a fan's perspective, as a fan of of wrestling, of Omega, of all the brands, I want him to stay in New Japan. I want him to continue to expand New Japan because he can be that guy. When we talked about when he won the belt, we all the words that you and I said together, they still stand, right? He can still do all yes. those things and be the dude. I think that that makes the most sense as a fan. But as I sit here and as we do this, you know, as we talk about wrestling from the subjective side, it makes it's the it'll be one of the bigger deals in all of wrestling history just like AJ Styles was, if he goes and appears at the Rumble or he makes up random appearance at a, at a Raw and does a debut that's huge, it's going to be huge because he's now at that level. So from his perspective, go make your money. Go get your $3.5 million for your two years. Go take that money, then go help out All Elite. You know That's great right. business. And, and it's, it's just something that he should do. But as a fan, and I actually think that if I'm a betting man as well, I'm saying he, st- he stays in New Japan. Oh, okay. That's that's a bold statement because I feel like all the signs are pointing to him leaving. They are. They really are. Everything says that he's going to go take the money, which he should. Not, not one of us can sit here and say. Just, he just imagine you're go. sitting there, Bubs and Phoenix, at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And you're counting down three, two, one, and then just the Omega sign just that just pops up on the screen. The baseball field shakes, Bubs. It does. It'll, the crowd it'll. goes wild. Bananas. Absolutely nuts. And whether that's the best thing for his career or not, it's gone. It would be an absolutely huge moment. No matter no matter when that happens, it's a huge moment. And I can't wait to kind of talk about that some more uh, next time we get together. But I think we had a pretty good discussion here. That's you know, talking talk. talking about Wrestle Kingdom 13, which took place earlier today. Uh, talking about All Elite Wrestling, which you know, right now it's in its infancy, but it's, the potential is there for for big things to happen with that. And we want to know what you have to say and what you think about Wrestle Kingdom 13. What was your grade? Chris gave it an A. I give it an A minus. Uh, I. It was a great show, top to bottom. Everything was good. 
What do you think about All Elite Wrestling? So much. Oh, what do you think about it now with the, with the announcement? What do you think about the future? There's so much to talk about, and we want to talk about it with you. You can join in the conversation with us on Twitter. We have all of our Twitter handles here on the screen, at CAE Wrestling, at Kenny Oak Sports. That's me, Kenny Oak, and at Crispy Quick. That's that guy with the beautiful Nature Boy Ric Flair t-shirt. Go ahead. And Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle, Cole Cabana, Cole I think Cabana. the guns back That's there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, all the all your favorite iPod, I Jesus podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Bubs, I'm struggling. I have a baby. Okay. This is what happens when you have a newborn baby. Okay. Like us, share us, subscribe to us, all of that. Leave us a review. Please just help us grow this brand. Help us grow pro wrestling in general. We can't do this alone. We can only do this together. And together, we can make wrestling great again. See you guys next time.